Hello, and welcome to the F3 Experience. Uh, thank you for tuning into episode two, where Chris and Ty discuss the importance of personal development and getting to know yourself. Please follow us on all social media platforms and wherever you enjoy listening to your podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy episode number two. Make sure I get on this mic. Yeah. Well, here we go. Happy day, happy day. What's up, Chris? Man, how you been? How's good your morning, week been? Good morning. Good morning. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Just, just, just moving along. Moving yeah. on. Really, really good. Really good. Just keep it simple. Lots of time bonding with mother. Bonding with the mother. A lot of time spent with mother, and it's been amazing. Yeah. It's been, been a real, real blessing. Because how, how long were you gone before you came back? Twenty years. To, oh, right. yeah. So it's, it's. What's funny is. Well, you know, we'll find a day to get into it, but it's it's funny how my family really doesn't know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah. it's to the point where they kind of assume of this this person that they know or that they see on the updates. Like we see each other once or twice a year. Right, right, but right. even too, I'd explain to them, "Hey, you're seeing me on vacation." Well, you know what's funny about that? There's a clip that was going around about, with Lauren Hill, and where she talked about like how people need to um, kind of understand her, and she was like, "You don't know me." Right. My own parents don't know me. Right. I'm just now learning me. <laughs> and every day, every day's a change. Yeah. Every, every day there's something new. You know. Right. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. So yeah. So that's that's kind of been what's going on weekly. It's just kind of adjusting to that and accepting it. Not right. not putting it. Not blaming anybody for anything. And the questions they ask or things they expect of me sometimes. I'm just like, what? That's not me whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also it's like, you know, from the age of twenty to. To forty, there's an evolution, Bro, right? At least three or four of them, and we don't even really realize we're going through the evolution, right? In our twenties, we're just blind of it. In our thirties, we might be a little Jeez, aware of it, right? Yeah. In the in our forties, now we're reflecting back on everything that we've done or that was done to us, and trying to learn and grow from that. Um, I was just talking to a, a client the other day, um, and we've had this conversation many times. She's fifty, well, she'll be fifty-two. But I asked her a question one day, when did you really get to know and understand yourself? She's like, I'm in that process now. Right. right? And and for her, it's a little bit different experience because she's going through divorce and right having mm -hmm. to figure all that out. But I think most people, they are probably in their 40s and 50s before they start really discovering themselves. But I do think a lot of that is because we have to have an experience in order to have an understanding. Right. It's not just like, oh. My name is Ty. My name is Chris. This is who I am. No, the the experiences I've had in life have shaped who I've become, right. um, and that's who I am in you know in this moment. Um, I also think it's a mixture of well of of going through that wisdom experience, which you, which can't be bought, really can't be taught, can be talked about, but just word to word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to live it. But I think also a part of it too is shedding the things you have to. That you you graft upon in this life, or what society has put on you, or your environment has put on yeah, you, yeah, yeah. and I think it's a part of letting go. Because you know, as older people, you see your parents at a wedding. It's like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing! And then now you get to the point where, like, no, I understand where they are. They just yeah. don't. They know certain, certain things they don't care about about other people's opinions. Yeah. They've actually shed that. Oh, I'll get embarrassed, or I'm shy. It's like, no, yeah. we got one life. Yeah. Let me get out here and bust this. If I, if I don't, I'd rather bust it out and let people laugh at me than not bust it right. at all. And you know, the other thing that's funny is like. In 20 years uh, that you've been gone, the experience with your parents, you each remember each other a certain way. Right. Right. So they, a lot of times they may respond to, to 20, 21-year-old Chris, but your um, 
reaction and response may be the way that they treat it. 18, 19, 20, 21 year old Chris, right? So if a person doesn't make you feel comfortable sharing, right, at 18 and you leave for 20 years, they don't just come back at 40. Like, let me tell you about my life. It's like, no, I remember some of the things you said and the way that I was judged and the way you made me feel like you don't you don't forget that you forgive it. But you're like, oh, I can only I can only let this person know so much. And that's even the way our relationships flows. Right. right? Everybody has a different level of access to you and you have to manage that circle accordingly. Right. Like we might have a intimate circle that has a very deep knowledge of us. But that may only be one, two, maybe three people, mm-hmm. right? But then there's a secondary circle, which they don't get the same access of intimacy, but we enjoy spending time with them. And then there's that third, that outer realm, like I see you when I see you. And it's all good. It's, you know, like I, I, I relate it to like when I go to homecoming. There are people that I only see at homecoming and we just we just pick up where we left off oh, from the last time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not it's not deep from a, a know me standpoint, but it's it's the fun. It's the experience like we live the time here in college and, and every year we could pick up on that fun environment. Talk about, hey, how's the wife? How's the how's the husband? How's the kids? There's that conversation. But we're not sharing. Oh, man, you know, my mom is battling cancer or or. or Whatever is going on, we're not getting that level of depth um, because everybody doesn't deserve that access. I see, and I'm kind of, uh, and that's something I think is a little bit new with me is I've kind of changed that a little bit in the last five or 10 years to where not so much people, the access is always, I'm an open book, I'd say, to to anyone, anyone, anywhere at any time. I'm I'm a firm believer what you put in is what you get out, universe, the life, everything's a mirror. Uh, So for me, I think more so that People that are not closer don't ask the proper questions to get Ooh, those answers. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're yeah. never gonna be like, hey, what's what's really yeah, bothering yeah, yeah. you? Or like there's really no time to sit down with somebody that I just work for at for example for example, I do these random catering calls. Right. And these people we're not really getting in a deep conversation. For the most part, we're still talking about but I think that's also one of the boundaries I set up for myself. Right. I don't really That that's not their purpose. Exactly. Right. And then two is just if, if, if we're going to get in a conversation, I want to talk to you. I really want to talk to something about that's moving us both forward. The right, small right, talk right. little thing or me asking questions just to fill this room with questions. I'd rather sit in silence. Right. You know, I'd yeah, rather yeah, yeah. But most question. people are not comfortable in silence. And, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 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 So, I mean, it's and, and that's and that's what especially nowadays, especially yeah. nowadays. So that's what's funny is actually breaking people open um, to that to where. And it's really changed a lot of things in my life too. A lot of there's a lot of conversations where I think even the conversation we had, just I mean, even just starting things, yeah. just how it just felt like you said, it felt kind of organic, like we knew each other for yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah. have the same kind of interests, but from same, different perspectives, which is weird. Right. Different, same age but different age. Right. Um, both brothers. But I, I I think sometimes with that, um, people that spend time with themselves get to a certain maybe energy level, right? Like I, I'm, I'm working on me, I know who I am, I'm comfortable in this space. And one of the things I find interesting is when you get to that point, you don't wanna talk about small things. Right, right. right. So when you meet people and you be like, oh, we could have an in-depth conversation. Like I, I wanna stay right here, right? right. Um, and when that happens, I think um, relationships form so much more um, intentionally 
than just the randomness of all, you know, just whatever in life, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, we had spoke a little bit about our favorite books last week, and I mentioned one of them uh, called Inward. I think I said Inner, but it's that Inner, but it's actually called Inward by Young Pueblo. I think he's the same. He might be the same author for The Alchemist. No, 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 no. It's that. No, it's Quello. It's a Quello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm off. Yeah. I'm off. I'm but I wanted to read something and let this kind of kind of guide the talk. We talked about just yeah. personal growth, personal development. Um, but this says, a human is as deep as an ocean, yet most of us spend our lives knowing only the surface. When we decide to dive deep within ourselves, we set in motion the miracle of personal evolution. And I read that and just kind of just thinking back to some of the things we, we just talked about, you had 20 years to evolve, right? And in that space, uh, many of the people who only knew you when you walked on the surface may have a harder time relating now, right? Like we even talked the first time we met about how you see the world versus what even your dad, like you should be doing X, Y, and Z. Right. Well, based on what? <laughs> right. Yeah, based on whose perspective right. on, and 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 then there's that's that's what's crazy. Like, and I like that. I like that statement a whole lot because there's so even with the ocean, there's so many layers. You have the the surface, which it can be rough. You have the middle layer, which is a little bit rougher. But as you go deeper, it gets colder because it's yeah, different yeah, away yeah. from the sun. So the temperature changes, the amount of light that reaches there changes. Even the animals at different depths changes. Right. Um, and I think as you go deeper, in, but I mean, just just like we're talking about, I think the focus today is I just don't think people go deep with themselves. Yeah. Even myself, COVID really taught me a lot because while I was in California, I had a, on, in Santa Monica, studio apartment. I worked all the time, I had, but I loved my jobs. I was bartending on the right. beach. I was teaching yoga, riding my bicycle everywhere. It was, it was amazing. And COVID hit. And it's like we got to be home, and, and in California, it was you could get a ticket for right, being right, on right, the yeah. street. You could they, get a ticket for being at the beach for driving your car. If you're not going to an essential location, right. you're getting a ticket. So I was like, oh, this would be cool. I'd be home. I love my house. It's a chill place. Right. It's, it's a comfy place. I got all my my stuff is there. I got home, and the first day I started organizing, cleaned up, and I think I got done. And it was like I'm done. It was twelve o'clock, and I was like, I'm, <laughs> what I'm else is left right. to do? <laughs> Wait a minute, and and, then, and it really got really uncomfortable to be quite honest because there's things about myself I just didn't like of how I reacted to that aloneness it was just like wait a minute you you ran to a drink you ran to a bottle and why is this why did you run to that like that and and then like actually looking at how much I was putting away it's like this is not so that was me this is not right we uh you know in the beginning we thought oh this would be a week or two let me go to liquor store and stock up and then next thing I know, I'm, I'm dumping handles in a bottle every in a garbage every week. I'm like, wait a minute, man! I I need to look at my liquor budget because I think I'm over it, right? But I'm sure, you know, especially in the beginning, I drank a lot more then than I had like, you know, in years. Um, because I really thought it was short lived. But when you realize, hey, this is going to go on for longer than we think. Right, had to make some some adjustments in there. But one of the things that that quote makes me think about, it talks about the, the depth of the ocean. And the deeper we go into the ocean, the more tools we need. And I think that's even for, for the us, there is. right? The more pressure there is, right? So you need different equipment to survive that is. pressure, right? And that's the same thing with us. We, we may be able to get beyond the surface through, um, through talking to other people, through reading a little bit, but the deeper we go, the more tools we need 
and the more introspection we need, right? And that is what that alone time um, through COVID did or should have done. It should have made us uh, become a lot more introspective and looking deeper into ourselves um, in that time. But, I, you know, like we talked about before, a lot of people just can't sit in the silence. I have to find a way to occupy my gotta time. Keep moving, gotta keep right. Got to keep moving. But sometimes, you know, you know um, even even the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Right. When we keep moving around like we can't hear from God if we're not still. He ain't saying like, hey, you're on the run, but I got something to tell you. Right, right. Hold on, hold on. Right. Like me personally, I've never had a moment where I'm like on the go, busy, busy, busy. Like, oh, wait a minute. I think I hear from God. It ain't that. It's in those moments where I'm not feeling the best and I got a chance to really sit down and be quiet. And then the revelation comes Um, because we got to be still to to know different things. Even, you know, you think about when we were in in uh, in school, when the if the classroom is too rowdy, the teacher can't teach, right? And a lot of times, like, especially with older teachers, you'll see them just sit back. If y'all wanna act a fool, y'all can act a fool. Right, right. But and you know what? They get quiet on the math after, like, what's Yeah, this what, what's this going weird. on, right? And you could be as rowdy as you want, and, a, and an old school teacher would just kinda sit back and not say nothing. Mm-hmm. But she knows the test is still coming. Right, I'm still gonna And I, right, I can't help prepare you for the test because you're rowdy. But if you're quiet, I can help get you ready. Right. And if we're quiet, we could get ready for the next things that are coming in our life. That's that's I, I like that so many ways. And and I also like the 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 layers and depth of just being quiet mm-hmm. of how not only with yourself, but with others uh, listening more. Mm-hmm. Because when you are quiet, you can listen. You can you listen. Can hear. You can hear louder, and uh, you can also pay attention to what you're saying to yourself when you're quiet as well. Yeah. What your mind is saying. What your body's saying. Uh, I had this conversation with my sister quite often about, and I also think even with the ocean, the deeper you go down, the less words. There's more actions. Yeah. The less words. The more yeah, actions, yeah, yeah. Words. I, I ain't got you, time to talk because there's some mistakes that can right. happen if we talking too exactly. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Down here we if we we using hand signals, we and we real serious about yeah. to the point with whatever conversation we're having because it's essential down there. Um, so I just like the analogies with that completely how deep that is. But I was talking to my sister about how. Just words are just so so on the surface because we'll say, oh, hey, that person has a good sense of humor. If their sense of humor matches yours, oh, hey, that person, yeah, has, yeah, a, yeah, that person yeah. has a great sense of fashion. If it matches, matches yours, yours, yeah, yeah, but if, yeah. if oh, I love, uh, she has such a a culinary. Her her palate is amazing. If they if like it the matches same yours, food, yeah, you yeah, like. yeah, yeah. So the thing is, it's just that's that's what's so fun to me is like we go on words and we use that going back to knowing yourself. We use that to build ourselves up. Oh, people say I'm good at this or good at that. Oh, that's because they match with you. And these are your friends. How do people that you don't know react to these things? How do people that don't really know you, you know, respond in the same forms or or questions or whatnot? And and can you accept the differences? Right. Right. Like one of the things I had to, and this probably happened during COVID, I had to realize about myself was that I, we always think that we're the one that's right. So, right, when we're talking to somebody, we're like, oh, I just need to get my opinion out so I can tell them what the right way is. Mm-hmm. And that's not really the case. So I had to really learn to just sit back and listen because somebody might say something that makes you question your own thoughts, right? And those things are important because we got to realize, why do I believe what I believe? And right. do I really believe that? Right. I've been back to words again. I'm, um, the word even believe kind of just means I wish a lot. 
Mm. If you really think about the word believe, because at one time you believed in Santa Claus. You, right, right, right. And if somebody asks you if something is true and you say, I believe so, you're not saying I, I'm written I'm 100% certain. You're right, saying, right, you're right. saying uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. So if we try to believe like based on the information I have, <laughs> right. I, and I'm that not going, is true. I'm not going all in. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just saying yeah, maybe yeah. I need to look up some more, but I think that's the right way to go. Right. But when you know something, and that's what's funny too. Even when you know something, it doesn't mean you know anything. Yeah. Well, and you know, that that's the interesting thing about like um, religion and spirituality and stuff like that. Because so many people have varying thoughts and opinions. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that just know. Right. And they know through their think, experience. But, but see, and I think that's I think that's called pure faith. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I think it's just Right, it's the difference between faith and belief. And there's no question. Right. There's no question right. about it. You can't question that person, that person can't question you. That person can tell you exactly how it sounds. It may sound crazy to you, but that person knows yeah. where it's in their bones, in their marrow, yeah. in their Because they, they've been through an experience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or or even I think some people can go through faith with even not finding the experience. I think the experience can be just waking up every day and seeing the sun and just yeah. really, really, really being grateful but, for that. But that is an experience. Right, right, right. right, right so right, the, the right, experience right. doesn't necessarily have to be traumatic. Now, some people need that traumatic experience to draw them in to, to, to gain a deeper faith. But some people could just look at the sun and be like, this is crazy. Yeah, this it's crazy. This is like, a miracle. It's how many light years or miles away, right, right. and it is burning me up right now. <laughs> feeding our plants, feeding our animals, feeding right. us all simultaneously. Yeah. With nothing that we're getting back. That in itself is, I mean, it's a, a crazy process. But, you know, the Bible, and I'm, I'm imagining probably either other faith books, talks about the things that we see prove that right. there's a God, 100%. right? Because the stuff that goes on around us isn't by happenstance, right? It's not just like well, just a quinky. It's a quinky. Yeah. 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 What a coincidence. So one one of the things that is like animal life really does this for me, right? And it brings a different level of awareness. And I remember watching like one of the nature shows mm-hmm. several years ago. And you know, in Africa, every year there's a big drought to the point where the animals start to like struggle because mm-hmm. the water is getting mm-hmm. really, really low. Um, they can't hunt the way they used to because they don't have the energy because they don't have the resources. But then there's a rainy season and all the animals know when to begin their migration for that rainy season. And the thing that really bugged me out as I'm watching this is one, how did they know? Like, can they smell the rain? And like, God even put something in them that they know, hey, it's July 1st. I need you to start moving because on April or August 30th, the rain is coming. I need right, you to be, because right. they got a distance, right? They got to travel right, miles. Right. But then I'm looking and there's animals that normally would be attacking each other, traveling in packs they together. Time, right? they got time. I ain't got time to hunt you. <laughs> you gonna get let, me get, let me get some water, <laughs> then I'm going to come get you. We're going to catch up. <laughs> I'm going to see you when I see you. But right now, my focus is on getting to the place that's going to sustain me. Um, and somehow they just know that, you know. So that's always just a, such a, a, a interesting um, thing to me. Um, one of the, the, the questions I had as I was thinking um, kind of about this whole personal development space, what do you think is something you've done personally that really helped to grow you uh, from a development standpoint? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, something I think that relates to what we are talking about, I wrote it down, is um, saying no. Okay. Saying no. I think. Uh, and no is a full sentence. Just no. It's a full sentence. It's an exclamation. It's even a question, too. Yeah. Um, I think saying no to where 
we, we talk about a lot nowadays where saying no is okay. Saying no is okay. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people where they don't have boundaries set up. Right. And they might even label, <clears throat> excuse me, might even label themselves as a person pleaser. It's like, no, you're not a person pleaser. You just get ran all over because you don't have any boundaries. Right, right, And you've right. labeled that the nice way of saying you're a personal pleaser, but right. you're really just somebody that don't set up their boundaries because you're coming home and complain about it. Right. Or you complain about it mentally. Oh, I can't believe these people are doing this. One day it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and, I, nobody, and nobody returns the favor. But most of the time, like, people pleasers don't even ask for favors. They do for everybody it, and expect it, people to do for them without opening up their mouth. Right, 100%. Yeah. And it's, so for me, it, just, it was no. It was saying no, and it's practicing that. Uh, teaching yoga, I uh, would joke with my students. Not joke, but, you know, seriously, we, we're really good at it. We, we are really good at it. We just don't practice it. Right. Uh, when we were younger, going to the bathroom, I bring it up, using, using the restroom. Right. You literally don't just say no to your brain. You say no to the physical aspects of it. You say no to the mechanisms that make it go on that you are not even aware of. Right, right, but right. you still literally say, no, it's, I, and your body says, hey, we have to go. This is something that's yeah, going to yeah, happen yeah, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And there's times it's a be natural like, function. It's a natural function. If you've gotten so good <laughs> I'm coming ready, you ready or not. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hold it physically, yeah. mentally, and you're holding it, but... If we would think about the power that that that, that takes, yeah, yeah, like the yeah. concentration and the focus that it takes for you just to say no to this natural process as a baby, yeah. you used to just let it go. And then time it came, it just came. Yeah. There was no like... And you weren't embarrassed about it. No, because there was no switch. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah, no yeah, switch. Yeah. You weren't even aware of a switch. And we've created a switch without even a switch. Now it's voice activated, mentally activated. And we don't access to other things. That could be with everything. Yeah, yeah, Anytime yeah. your body says, hey, I'm getting mad. No. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting well, thirsty. now we don't even, like, we, we do it so much we don't even recognize right. it. Right, that's exactly. Right, so like, why not pay attention to that? Go break that layers down. How do, I, how do I say no to this whole process in my mind, my body, my physical yeah. function? There is a, man, I wish I would have I labeled a couple of these because there is another uh, uh, quote in here. And, man, I, uh, it says, a person can't get close uh Basically, it says a person can't get close to another person if they're far away from themselves. And a lot of times, I think that's what we are. We do so many things to avoid. But when we avoid anything, we also are avoiding ourselves, right? Because at a certain point, we just get used to like that avoidance. But then we don't go back and be like, oh, what was I avoiding? Why was I avoiding that? It's like this natural response that that comes as a result. You know, I, um, I am a big believer that in terms of the ability to grow, um, sometimes we have to do something physically challenging. Mm -hmm. Like physically challenging stuff, it does something to us mentally, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and I, you know, we talked about the yoga thing before, I, I wanna get into it and I think it would stretch my mind tremendously to, be, to take it seriously. But uh, back in 2021, uh, me and some buddies did this thing called the Go Rup Tough, mm -hmm. right? It was a celebration of 9-11. So the rucking in itself is just, you got a backpack on with some weight and you just walking. Okay. For me at my age, way better than running, right? Because it is pretty strenuous. But you know, we would do these walks with like 30, 35, 40 pounds in our backpack. And you know, we were doing seven, eight, nine, ten miles at a time. So it was a great workout and a great bonding experience. But it was all in training for the event. And it also coincided with me doing um, 75 hard. I'm, are you familiar with 75 mm -hmm. hard? So I did that at the same time. Literally, I finished 75 hard on a Saturday. The next Saturday, we're doing this go rough okay. tough, right? So 
we get there to do this thing and um number one it starts at night right so it starts nine o'clock at night Mm -hmm. you don't know where it is until like a week before okay um there's no phones there's no watches and there's just like this military guy telling you what to do right so we you know put on this backpack and I knew we had to carry other stuff, but I thought like, oh, right, we're sharing. The loads. No, everybody has to carry something extra the whole time. Okay. So I got my 40 pound back and another 60 pound rucksack, right, that I'm carrying. And um, there were points in this thing that I'm like, man, I really want to quit. <laughs> I want to stop and lay this crap down right now. But something about that process of doing the 75 hard mentally got me to a point where eventually I was like, F it. Whatever he says do, just do it. Because in however many hours, like at some point it's gonna be over. And you could keep going until it's over. And I was able to make it for that. I'm pretty sure there are plenty of things in life that would have broke me. Like the 75 days, no matter what I did, it wouldn't have made me tough enough for everything. But in this, I knew the max was 12 hours. Like, so you can make it in 12 hours, right? And the the worst part of it though, and this this challenged me so bad, we had to get in the Trinity River, right? So he gave us like this, um, uh, not obstacle, but like um, little game, if you will, where we had to get these pieces across the Trinity. Right, like a relay almost. But, but we had to do it one at a time and they all couldn't beat it at the same time. So they were like animals. Hey, this animal will eat this if they're trapped together. And gotcha. so now we got to strategize how to get it over there. So we went back and forth about four times and everybody had to do it. There's 60 of us. So we all had to do it. It was the most disgusting thing I have ever done in my life. What was so gross about that? Oh, you obviously haven't been in the Trinity River. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure there's bodies in there. amongst other things um it's just not a pleasant experience right but (laughs) but but the process in itself of 75 hard plus this go ruck it really changed me as a person like to realize like there is really nothing we can't do right right right. but i don't think you wake up day one and say there's nothing you got to go through a process of some things like really being difficult to make you realize, oh, I overcame that. Right, Whatever comes it. next, All I can right. overcome it's, this. Gonna be okay. If we make it, it this far, you're gonna make it. It's yeah, gonna it's gonna right. be okay, gonna right? Be okay. So, you know, I re- I remember a a distinct moment <clears throat> where a plane flew over, and I was like, oh, if the planes are flying, it has to be about five in the morning. <laughs> like time is we close, we right? Close. So like we don't have that much longer. Max, <laughs> we got four hours, <laughs> right? Down the time, I love it. But but check this out in life. Oftentimes we aren't looking at the signs, right? right? There's a brighter day coming, but we're not looking at the mm-hmm. signs. And it's right there in front of us. And it's right there in front of us, right. right? And that could relate to so many different aspects in our life that if we just paid attention to the signs, we could see our way forward. We could last a little bit longer and make it through whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's facts. So. I, I was, we almost ended this uh, this way last week. We was like, man, that's a long conversation. So I'm gonna ask for three. Uh, three ways that yoga has changed you and three developed ways. you. What, being intentional, being intentional. Once again, just really putting myself under the microscope on everything. Like, mm-hmm. what, why do you do this? Why do you do that? What is, what is this? Does this really make you happy? What makes you pursue this? Uh, really, on, in everything, uh, mm-hmm. taking steps, taking breaths every day. Uh, the relationships I have with people, the conversations I have, going back, just like you said, overanalyzing things a little too much. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so number two, that, that's number one. <laughs> number two would be yoga is about being connected to everything but unattached, attached to nothing. Connected to everything, oh, attached yeah, to nothing. Yeah, yeah. So because yoga is not, it's just, it's like sand. You hold sand, you, the, hard, the harder you squeeze it, the less you really hold it and the more it gets away. Yeah, so yeah. everything in life that you really love and cherish should be almost like that sand. You should, it should be able to go free and you should be able to sit there and just look at right. it and cherish it. The fact that you have it. Um, like I said before, I think it, last week it may have sounded a little morbid. I said, you know, if my mom and dad died today, it's not like I wouldn't be sad. That's not necessarily 100% true. It's just right. the fact that today when I'm sitting on the couch talking to my mother, I'm going to be enjoying that moment to the utmost. Like right. I'll be sitting there even thinking maybe a little bit like there's one day that this I'm not going to laugh at this goofy lady right yeah. now. There's and that, and that's a real thing. But I mean, and even at the same time too, you and I are never going to see each other like this again. Right, you'll never right, right. be this young again. You'll never be this old again. So like every I, day is. Uh... It's funny you say that, man, because <laughs> I had this um, thought. I don't know where it came from. I had this thought last night that tomorrow doesn't exist. No. Like tomorrow doesn't happen until tomorrow. And it's never. There's no such thing as tomorrow. Cause right. Because it, it's never been. I worked been at Joe's in... Crab Chicken We had a sign on the back door that said "Free Crab Tomorrow." We would love when people come in and be like, I'm here for the free crab. Be like, player, it's tomorrow. Can't <laughs> yeah. you read the sign? But I, and I don't know why that hit me so bad. Like, you know, we make all these plans so for something that... Arrogantly, set an alarm clock because it's going to happen no matter yeah, what. For something that doesn't exist, right? And I remember growing up, there was a... And I forget who sang this song. Uh, it might have been the Winans um, called Tomorrow. It was a gospel song my grandmother used to always play. Um, like, don't put things off for tomorrow. Like, who told you tomorrow was going to exist right, for you? Right. One thousand. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you won't even know if it don't come. Listen, we woke up bright and early today. There's a lot of people that did. 100%. Alarm clock going off to deaf ears. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. To dead ears. Like, literally. Right. And, it, and it's, a, it's an unfortunate thing, but it is a part of life, right? And I think as we realize, man, Tomorrow does not exist, so I need to maximize today because today is that's, all that's, today is all I have. That's something that I love about animals, um, and I talk about my yoga classes quite often. Is when was the last time you saw a sad squirrel? When was the last, last time you saw a bird that was just upset about chirping or yeah. the sun? It, it doesn't. They live every day to either better themselves, their species, or their offspring, or all of the above altogether. There's, right. there's no time to chill, but they're still they still find time to be happy. It seems. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They still find time not to be concerned with the things that I think we get concerned with just because we have so many options. Yeah. Um, we get caught up with that. And I wonder, like, how our ancestors looked at the future, right? Because when I read things, their only thoughts were really about the legacy they were leaving, right? Making sure that the people left behind them were taken care of, not so much planning to make sure I, 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 right? right? We're planning things for ourselves and not really thinking about, I shouldn't say not thinking about, but the the thought isn't always on what we're leaving behind on the back burners. It's it's like for us oftentimes. We've been taking care of our kids. I think you're exactly right. I think think that the problem with our culture today is just we've, we've not, it, even with that, the mentality I was talking about earlier about just, you know, it's where it's out for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I think that even goes with the families as well, as well. Because, I mean, I'm kind of seeing it in my family a little bit where it's almost like, hey, we got together and maybe put our money together in some 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 different yeah. investments. It'd be better. We all have different $100,000 job years. I have a, I'm definitely going to talk about this. I want to go to the family union and talk about this. But it's July, I don't have time to fit in my schedule. But 
just we have a 500 person family re year reunion every year almost. COVID stopped it. We did it for 40 years. Right. And it's just how do we not have some type of network where it's like I need a lawyer. We'll call Brother Jackson. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. I need a real estate. Call Sister Thomas. Yeah. You know, it's it's just or just even something when we're not building together. Right. Right. Like it's it's crazy to think about. Um, take the the Waltons, right? That is a family legacy. So everybody born into that family, they're going to be rich forever, right. right? And we don't take the time. Like, you got 500 people, and nobody is talking about a legacy for the Jacksons, right? right? What can we do to we create? We could be buying something. Yeah. We could be in easily. Yeah. Each family member puts up $100. $100, and all of a sudden, you, you got land, and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten years later, that $100 turns into something. We set up some type of program where yeah. a trust fund, where y'all just put it in for, for the future hell, of the Jacksons. even a scholarship. Right, exactly. the Jackson Family Scholarship. Right. Every year, everybody puts in blah, 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 whatever much money. But now when 18-year-old Sarah is ready to go to college, and she's like, I don't know where this money right. comes from. Oh, we got $20,000 from you from the Jackson Scholarship. Life insurance. I'm talking about yeah. life insurance is a bank. You have the family get together, buy, everybody puts in one life insurance, yeah. everybody's paying a premium. That comes out to $20 million total. Right. You can loan against that, so now you create a family bank. Here is the challenge with, with land and families. I think real estate and land is a great investment, but I learned something recently that's troublesome. Um, I forget where this family was, but it was a family and they had acres and acres of land. Mm -hmm. And I forget the term for it, but basically like everybody owned like a fifth of it, right? right? So not enough to make any decision making, right? But they just owned a piece of land. So, oh, this land has been in our family. And we don't think about, well, what are we gonna do with it, right? Well, investors come in and they'll go get 20, 30 people in their family and say, hey, you own a fifth of this land. It's not really much you can do with it. Will you sell it to me for X amount? So now if I get 30 people and buy up their their fractional percentage of this land, got 50% on my I'm land. now the majority owner right. and I can make the decisions and I could force it to be sold. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that that was it. It might've been a documentary like Amazon or something. And it blew me away like how many families lost what they looked at as their legacy because they didn't understand um, the damage of just having a fractional amount. So really, when it when it comes to stuff like that, somebody needs to be over it, right? To make sure that it can't be taken from under them. Um, it was it was definitely a unique learning experience and watching that um, that deal because they lo- like there were several families that lost everything they had as a result. Somebody snaked in. And somebody got snaked in. And, got, yep. and <clears throat> as a society, we are greedy. Extremely. Yep. So, um, what else has been going on this week? What was like the, the highlight of your week? Ah. <clears throat> like I have to say, I have to say talking with moms. Uh, I've been reading a lot more lately. You've inspired me to do that, get back to that. You inspired me to get up earlier as well. <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> I don't really have a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be chilling. Um, it, it's really just been the quality time with mom and sister where now it's just not that there wasn't before because I've been there I've been back for about a couple of years now and, I, and during COVID I stayed for four or five months but now it's been more of the aside where it's just with mom especially just more open conversations to where uh, something brings me back to my book How to Win Friends and um, Influence People Influence People another good thing on there that it points out is the best conversationalists are the best listeners Oh, for sure. People that just listen. Yeah. They're the best people be like, oh, she has such a good conversation. It's just because that person listens to you just gab away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so just being able to listen to my mother, talk with her about stuff, we really have, what's funny is figuring out that her and I have kind of the same financial output. It's just 
we just have so much impressiveness in this capitalistic system and whatnot. So even right. my mother, she's not exactly Mrs. I got a book on my money, my money's here and money there, but she's never really been poor. She's never really had to worry about anything. Right. And so for me, it's kind of been like, mom, you should be better with money. And then like this, I mean, literally just like this, as you asked this last few weeks, it's just kind of snapped with me. It's like, I don't care about money either. Yeah. And here I am getting to my mother about being better with money. Right, right, here right. I am horrible with it. <laughs> and so it's kind of together, we've kind of formed this bond where it's like, we're going to help each other get better. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. can get better. It's not that I'm horrible. It's literally by choice. Like for me, my money was investment totally in myself as far as, Getting massages, chiropractor done, acupuncture, right. pedicures, manicures. I teach yoga. I want my stuff to look okay. Right, right, right. Um, but never really bought nothing like too materialistic, more for self care and self uh, self wellness. But uh, excited about this. That's been nice. Reading this book, Siddhartha, talking about <clears throat> uh, what were we talking about? How time tomorrow doesn't exist. Yesterday doesn't exist. Either. Yeah, yeah, Yesterday's yeah. gone forever as well. Uh, with that, there it was talking about towards the end. It's talking about a river. And how with the river and water, water is timeless. Because with the river, it starts up here in the mountains. If it really starts, if it has a starting place. Man. In the clouds, yeah, comes yeah, down yeah. precipitation, goes into the mountains. Snow comes down the mountain into the river, washes into the ocean. So at one part, it's a part of the ocean. One part, it is the ocean. One part, it's in the sky. Right. One, it's everywhere at it's every time. It, it's a flow. It's no stopping and starting. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. soft, but yet it goes through rock. It's It's patient. It listens. It's mm-hmm. it's it was it, it's crazy. Uh, there's this really good documentary about water called The Secret of Water on Netflix. Uh, the Secret of Water. The Secret of Water. Water okay. has a memory. Oh. So there's a Japanese man. I don't want to mess a moto. I don't want to say his name. Excuse me. No offense, but he's a Japanese scientist. He put three pots of water in three separate rooms. Water and rice in the water. One room he went into the water and said, I love you, I love you, grateful for you, thank you, I love you. Mm. One room he ignored completely. One room he just said horrible things, you're worthless, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. The water that he said, I love you to, uh, fermented into like a wine, a sweet wine. Like you could, it was like a, a right, nice right. scent. Like a rice wine. Like a rice wine. Yeah. The water he ignored turned black and moldy. The mm. water he was horrible to turned green and moldy. Wow. But the one that was the worst was the one that was ignored, the black one. Right, right, right. He's also played music to the water and froze it and put it under a microscope to see how it reacts. Right. Uh, beautiful music, classical, Beethoven, things like that. The water forms beautiful symmetrical crystals. Right. Um, we're 60% water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this proof is just... So what we listen to is that, is that the, energy. The energy. Plants yeah. don't grow if you don't talk to them, right? Yeah. It's um. I was listening, and I don't listen to his music, but I watched this clip yesterday of uh, you heard an NBA young boy. Uh, yes, I believe so. so yes, I, yes. I heard the name. I don't really know much about his music, but <clears throat> he's apparently having uh, a major life shift. Right. He's upset about. I saw that. So he's like, I think he moved to like Utah or something, and he might be. I want to say I read that like he's now affiliated with like the Mormon religion. Okay. But he was just talking about the regret he had over the music he made, realizing the influence that it has on people, right? Because, like, if I want to go lift weights, that's not when I'm going to listen to, like, gospel music and, like, you know, like, a lot of times I'm just listening to instrumentals. I don't do that when I'm in the gym. I need something that's going to agitate me a little bit to make me a little bit more aggressive. Like, imagine, uh, imagine trying to do yoga 
you know, listening to NWA. Right. That right. don't that don't work the same right. for your body. You might be able to get through the movements. It's a fun challenge. Right. <laughs> but I've tried to lift your weights with classical. Oh man. On the serene side, like prettier music. Right, right, right. It's, so you're up there with like different. five pound weights and <laughs> No, no, I'm still, still looking heavy. Right, right, right. Just just up here was different. Yeah. Just up here was different. That's just a different J- different headspace. I say try that. I yeah. say try. Go with some softer music. Something that's not like bang bang. Go with something that's like That'd be interesting. La 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 and just see if See if you can find that just slow pump. Yeah. That slow serene. It's a, uh, reminds me of X-Men, uh, Wolverine. Uh, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. with uh, Dr. X with Magneto. When mm-hmm. he was saying, when Magneto was using his power always for anger, he used his strength. He's like, how about you go to the serene side? Yeah. And Magneto was like starting to cry in the full like moving microscopes yeah, and stuff. Yeah, And that, man, Satellites. and that's that's in all of us, right? Like not to move stuff, but there, there both are two, sides. there's two sides to us, right? In both sides. Yeah, and we, we have to, and know when to use it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, that's an interesting thing. Man, I think about highlight of my week, um, you know, there's always lessons in parenting, right? So. My youngest daughter had a basketball tournament last week. And uh, it's been a frustrating season just because she's in the seventh grade. She didn't get a lot of playing time. I guess I'm of a different belief that in, in at this point in the seventh grade, there should be a little bit more balance in playing time. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are games, man, she might get to play one minute in the whole game. It's like there's no learning in that. It, there's just frustration. Right. So the, the coach, whatever is going on in her mind. She's not thinking about on the back end, my daughter's going home crying and disappointed because she's not playing, right? Well, then they lost, They won on Friday. Um, again, my daughter's coming home crying. Now, it's interesting because now you didn't make winning fun, right? right? Yeah. If, I, if I don't play, winning isn't fun. And there, there's a stage in life where that's, you, you got to understand you, you, maybe you're not good enough to play. Right. Right. And I'm and I'm in by no means suggesting like my daughter would have been a star on the team. But this was and I told the coach this, this is the opportunity to just learn the game. Let them go in there and make mistakes. This is the seventh grade. Right. Right. Trust me, your career isn't riding on this. <laughs> right? right. So you got the two standout girls on the team. I get that. But if the team scores 30 points and they have tw- 28 of them, did you do a good job coaching? Right. I personally, I don't think so. Um, but then Saturday, they play another team, which was really, really aggressive. So it was a blowout. Right. By the second quarter, it was a blowout. So my daughter got to play a whole lot of the game. Okay. She was happy, but they got they lost really, really right, bad. Right. right. So now the way she associates wins and losses, in my mind, is kind of thrown off. Right. Because the wins weren't associated with a good time because you didn't get to participate, right? The loss didn't bother you because you got to participate a lot, mm. right? Mm. So that, like, there's, a, there's a balance that's thrown off in that, right? Because I definitely want her to be concerned about wins and losses, not in a way that's like, <clears throat> like overly done, right? But you need to know that like, y- you wanna win. And you want to understand you have a role to play on the team. And that might not be playing a whole bunch of minutes. But it's the seventh grade the time to learn that, right? That's where I, I kind of felt a certain kind of way. But then my oldest daughter <clears throat> really showed me the power of goal setting and intentions, right? So she runs track. They had her first track meet same day after the basketball game. I head up to watch her. And uh, she does the 300 hurdles. Mm-hmm. So last year, her fastest time was like 53, 8 or something like that. 
So she had a goal of wanting to get to 50 seconds. And um, she's been working with a um, not her track coach, but another track coach okay. all year. Putting the work in. Putting the work in. And right, and now she's obviously with her track coach and this young lady after school, um, helping her work on hurdles and speed and all these things. While I'm watching her, and by the second hurdle, she has a lead, right? And she's all in. She crosses the finish line, and I see the judge tell her 47-9. Like, I've had some great athletic moments, uh-huh. but nothing matched seeing the elation on her face when, when she, she really when she her destroyed goal. her goal. Right. Right. And we talked about, hey, now you got to do a reset. <laughs> right. But it it you know, we have our goals, but we don't really know what's possible. Right. Until we push our legs into the Right. Maybe she would have set a goal of forty seven for her junior year, mm-hmm. right? But not for her uh not for her sophomore year. Right. So that was it was just this big dichotomy of learning for me, right? Through this, two, the, both sides through, of everything. Through two different sides. experiences, right? right? Um, and I'm, I still think a lot about lessons, right, to learn from those experiences. Uh, and, and see, and this, is, this, is, this is something that comes up with my father. He, he likes to say a lot. What does he say a lot? You know, you didn't do sports because as soon as adversity hit, you just you just didn't want to do anything. Right. I'm like, Dad, I was 13, number one. And right. I was like, I was a cornerback in Texas playing football. I had two linemen pulling on me. It was the future wasn't looking good. I don't know how much work. I weighed 120 pounds. Right, right, right. You're talking about two fifty and now three hundred pound dudes coming pulling on the side, plus a fullback, plus a running back that's bigger than me. Right. This is these numbers just don't work out. I don't know what you want me to do here. So it was it's funny that he he had, he puts that to the adversity was too much for you. But then I was working at fourteen in right, hospitality. Right. Haven't quit hospitality since right, right, still right. haven't. So just like you don't think there's adversity in that job when I was washing dishes with that crazy boss right, I had right, that almost right, hit right. me a couple times. Uh, moving to California by myself and finding jobs and stuff. I like think that. it takes no way more discipline to work at fourteen than it does to play two a sport jobs, at two fourteen. Two jobs. I mean, but that, that's the whole thing though too. It's just it's funny of how the perspective of others influences yeah. us, and that's something else I think I've learned this year is just coming back home to family. It's just they're still people. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. want to put family on this pedestal of their words and their things and their knowledge of you is just so depth and so deep. Right. That's not always the case. Yeah. Um, so for me too, even when sports and because I was I was about done at seven eighth grade. Right. I, I mean, I kind of realized it was it wasn't it wasn't me because Dad was like, "Hey, let's practice." And for him, he's like, "Oh, you just wanted to play." Just for me, it was just like I got a job at fourteen. Yeah, yeah, I'm already yeah. making money. This making money is not. Yeah, this yeah, hurts. Yeah. This hurts. And, and there's there's a lot to learn in sports. But the sports are not for everybody, right? Right, and maybe it wasn't the adversity um, that came up in football. Maybe it was simply the wrong sport. And, and one of the thing too is for me is I just didn't enjoy it that much. Right. It, for me, it was just, and, and my dad knows too. It was just more for me. It was the camaraderie, hanging with the homies, right. hanging with the friends, the the locker room BS and all that, right. and and then just being physically active. But to take it to the point where. After the after the, the practice we had, after me playing the game, Dad's like, "Hey, you want to do some some warm up drills and stuff?" Right, right, right. Play, are we good? I, I want to go ride my bike. But that's what he wanted to see. Exactly. That's what he wanted exactly. to see. So that's yeah, I think yeah. sometimes we have to take that to where it's what we want to see in our perspective of this situation because it it just it was it's I, th- I think it's funny the pressure we put on sports and kids at such a young age too as well. You know, it's just like oh yeah. Even 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 in high school, this is still high school. Bro, we know who's younger gonna... than that. I, one of my buddies back in New Jersey, he's a a, a coach, track coach, mm-hmm. and he was a very good track a- athlete himself. Shout out to Kev, but he sent a, a text one day in a, in a group chat about a young lady he had trained, who was eight years old, coming to Texas for a track meet. And I'm like, 
why is an eight-year-old going from New Jersey to so Texas like to run track? There are plenty of events in, in New Jersey. Jersey. In the Northeast, <laughs> yeah. Right. Girl, like, it's great that you get to get on a flight and come do this, but is it really that serious? And we've created so much pressure. pressure. Like, you got to play in AAU and on select teams. And, like, it's become a business at this point. Right. Yeah. But I think, too, I think the par- I think I, I think as parents, I mean, it's easy for me to throw stones at parents' house because I have the glass house of parents because I don't have kids. Right. But I, 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 I helped my sisters a little bit, and I, and I remember my childhood. I just think sometimes we try to put our goals and dreams on the kids. Yeah. And it's just... We as a kid, are you serious about this? Right, right, right. If you're serious about this, I'll help you take it to the next level. If not, I just want you to make your own choices. Yeah. And that was that's something I do appreciate my parents. My parent, my dad was always, hey, if this is something you don't want to do, I'm not going to push it. This is definitely your life. Right. I would definitely love to see you go far in this, but this is definitely your life. So now it's even a kind of joke to me. He talks about it, but I think we know. I think it's it's such a small percentage that we have these dreams of going pro and it's very small it's it's Dude. small as an overstatement yeah. you're talking and, about and we put so much you can even be good you yeah, can yeah, even yeah. be good you can be really good really like you can be like, the best like think about this uh last night the um the XFL mm-hmm. was, I, I, I think out. it was their first i guess this is their first first game yesterday it is, it is. i don't know how many teams there are i think it's 8 6 or 8 to start so let, let's say 8 teams you got full rosters Right. So there's just been talent just out there waiting for an opportunity. So they were really good, just not good enough to make it to the NFL or something went awry. There's right? arena football and there's a Canadian football yeah. league. So there's talent all over the place. All over the place. Competitions right? everywhere. But there's only so many spots. So and we are really bad, I think, as parents of evaluating talent because we look at, our, oh, my kid is special. She just needs that little bump. Yeah. He just needs that little push. My kid is special. He's close. He's close. Everybody says that about their kid. (laughs) He's just not not picking the right places or positions for him. Yeah. Like, and I I even look at track with my daughter. Like, I I think she's good, but she knows already she doesn't want to run in college. Right. Right. Because she. she, I think that's good to recognize. she, She knows what she wants to do, right? And for her to go to school, she can't run track and get into like nursing programs, right? The two don't mesh well because nursing is like a you know it's, it's a lot of time right but the the thing about track that i'm loving it's instilling discipline right so it's like hey you may not want to run in college but make sure we get all the all the things we can out of track and track you have to be extremely disciplined because yes you're on a team but you have to run as an individual yeah, mental fortitude. right so i can remember me as a track athlete going into events I knew what everybody else, what their their best performance was. Mm-hmm. And that's a psychological game to be like, hey, I know this dude runs, this dude jump, and I gotta mentally be prepared to, can I take him out? Right. Even though his time was, you know, a tenth of a second better than mine, I think I can win, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's a stretch. And then dealing with whatever you got going on physically, yeah. mentally coming into that, because yeah. it's not like you just come in clear head and no life is going on. And I mean, and really th- think about a lot of the kids that made it. Like most, I won't say most, I say a large percentage of players that are in the NFL, in the NBA, not too sure about uh, Major League Baseball, but many of them come from single parent households, right, where there was some struggle. So imagine being that talented and nobody knows about the struggle you got going on at home. Right. Because there are a lot of other factors like, man. You're home poor a whole lot of yeah, nights. Mom, dad don't know how the bills are getting paid. I don't have no lights right now. Like, I didn't eat breakfast today. I didn't eat at all today. 
right? Can you imagine how much of that is going on? And then these kids still end up making it to the highest level of sports. Imagine even dealing with college, getting getting teased or brought with money from certain places and yeah. having to say no when you can actually use yeah, that money. Yeah, when, like, yeah. People are sick or hurting or hungry yeah. and having to say no. I mean, because you're talking about even knowing you're going to make it, you still got to make it that 16 years because now they're trying to pay them in high school and college yeah, yeah, or whatnot. Yeah. But just think about those kids that made it this so far and then in, in their big game in college got injured and that's all just thrown away. That's all, yeah. Or even a car wreck on the way after the college games or whatnot. And there's there's no guarantees. It's crazy what we put these kids through. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Um, so we, we're almost out of time here. I kind of want to circle back and, and, and end on this. Um, you know, we, we talk about personal development, knowing yourself. What do you know at 40 that you didn't know at 30? That I know nothing. Oh. That I know absolutely nothing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing at all. Like, it's, there's nothing. I mean, just because you're, I have so, I've had so many first times in life. And for me to still be at 40, it's kind of a surprise me. Like, that's the first time that ever happened. I'm like, that's wild. Like, how, how is this still going on? Just because it's, there's, there's nothing. and, And I just think we, just circling back to where we start, we set alarms. Like we 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 get to this point where we forgot that money's not buying you a place in heaven. Right. It ain't buying you tomorrow. Yeah. And it ain't buying you health and wellness. Yeah. It can treat it. It can help it. But it starts with you. Yeah. Um, and I just think we forget that. I think we just got to remember that the simple things. But just every day, take one breath at a time. Take one step at a time. And just remember, you really know nothing. So why are you getting so upset about so many things? Yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah. You don't. Um, I just saw this amazing. He was actually a comedian. You wouldn't think it was. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It wasn't. Uh, I'm. A, I, I feel so bad. But he was just talking about how we look up into space and we're looking up, but we could be looking down into space. We don't know where space is. Oh yeah, 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 from, from, from where we are right now. Um, and it's just what? What do we know? Yeah. What do we know? We're on a ball on a planet that gets warmth from a ball that's light thousand years away <laughs> that's spinning right. on its axis. We don't feel the spinning. We haven't even uh, explored our seafloor. Right. It's seventy percent water in this piece. We're sixty percent water. Yeah. There's we don't even our vision is not even full spectrum of what's really going on out there. Our hearing is not as good. Our smell is not as good. Our right. sensor not as good as some animals on this planet. So there's so many things that we actually don't even yeah, us yeah, starting yeah. at a thousand percent efficiency. I think is still pretty horrible. <laughs> In the big scope of things in this yeah. universe and galaxy, you know, so it's just that—that's—that's that's what I'm known. That's what I think I know it for. That I know nothing at all. That I am not a specialist in anything. Right. I'm good at a lot, of, a lot of things, but I'm great at absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Man, I, I think about this. Uh, I, I think life is a, a learned experience, mm-hmm. right? And I've learned that um, life is not linear, right? Like we we talked about this a little bit last week. Like we we kind of want to either always be going up or always want things to be at a nice linear line. Uh, And growth in itself is not a linear thing, Mm -hmm. right? There's going to be ups and downs along the road. And we have to really learn through the valleys, right? Like, we all want mountaintop experiences. Right, but really embracing the suck. Embracing the Embrace chaos. the suck, Embrace right? Embrace it. Like because, and I, I think we get a lot more out of the suck than we do from the mountains. Thousands more. Like, Thousands more. When, when you think of people as they share their stories, a valley experience is way more relatable than a mountaintop experience, mm-hmm. right? And it's a lot more to be learned through the valley experiences. And we're all going to have them, right? There's going to be these ebbs and flows, these highs and lows in life. And we have to learn to take the lessons 
uh, from the valleys and really learn how to implement them and move forward in life and realize that some of those lessons are painful and, and we're going to have to hold on to them forever. Uh, but nobody ever said life was going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Somehow we think that. I think it's simple. But yeah. simple doesn't mean easy. Right, right, right. Simple, yeah, yeah, simple yeah. doesn't mean easy. Simple doesn't mean easy. Simple doesn't mean easy. I think life is very simple, but it doesn't mean easy. And yeah. I just think we, That's. I think that's my biggest surprise with humans every day that surprises me is how we just forget that <laughs> no matter what you do, you're going to die. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. What. And it just, the surprise. And it's going to surprise you when. <laughs> but why, I just don't, to me, it's still, why is it a surprise? Somebody dies young and we're like, oh, that's so sad. But they didn't have a ticket. They didn't have an expiration date. Yeah. Day. So I was talking to uh, to one of my friends. Uh, shout out to Gina. Um, and it's funny because I, I hadn't talked to her in so long. And she had just been in my mind for a long time. And we ended up talking, having like this two-hour conversation. And somehow we got to talking about how um, when like somebody dies before their parent, Right. And a parent will say, and this was relatable to me because my grandfather said it like a parent should never have to bury his child. Mm -hmm. And she's like, who told you that? By whose rules? By whose rules? rules? As long as there's been life. Have you heard of war? Right. As long as there's been life, people have been burying kids. It is the it is the worst thing I can think of. Like if there was ever something in life that could break a person, I I do think Mm -hmm. it's that. Right. But that's not promised. Right. So when you see people that go through that and they come out um, in a healthy place. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, they really had to move through some things and shift and Right. And because it it changes you like death changes people in general. Um, But I got to think the loss of a kid is a big one. But it's not promised that we won't bury our kids. Um, And even with that, we have to manage that relationship to understand like, hey, neither one of us is here forever. So we we better take advantage of of this situation. I think we have a tradition we need to change as far as how we deal with the death in this country, though, too, Mm -hmm. as well. Just like we talked, I think we talked about in the first episode of how we have all these traditions, all these things we follow. And it's like, why do we do that? And And to me, it's if somebody dies in the family, we will make, we will, it's on, at work, it's excusable. Yeah. It's excusable to work. But why is it not excusable to work? Go, hey, I'm going to see my friend. I haven't seen him in a while. He's well. I yeah, need yeah, to go see yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's go. not going to be here forever. Yeah. I want to see him. Yeah. I want to give him some flowers that he can actually smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't understand how we wait to that and we, we gather for this and we sorrow. Then everybody goes back home and it's just like, we haven't seen each other in five years, but we come together for this horrible time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we could easily just, why not just... Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we got to spend this same time side, in a side. period of pure enjoyment. Right, yeah, reverse yeah. side. Why, why not as friends just make a date up? Just yeah. say, hey, every every day this year, we make sure we come together this weekend, the second week of... Yeah, me and, me and my boys, we, uh, we've had a Vegas trip for a long time, and COVID kind of threw that off, mm-hmm. so we haven't been in a while. Uh, but one of my buddies from that group passed away last year. Right. And it was one, I was thankful for all the years we did meet right. up once a year, but it definitely put something in me where I want to make sure, hey, we need to get this back. Right. right. To make 100%. sure that we are spending this, this time together. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. That is our time. Uh, as promised, uh, we, we're not going to do another two hour episode. We're going <laughs> to kind of uh, restrain ourselves. Um, but thank you for joining in. Thank you for listening. Um, if you enjoyed it, do me a favor, just share it with somebody, uh, and have them give a listen. Make sure you follow, uh, on all social media platforms. Links will be in the bio. Uh, but you have a great day and thank you for listening. God bless. Peace out.